<laughs> you don't get a spray tan from Shane and Brian before you go. I would just save your skin. Bro, you look white. Oh, I know. I'm going to get burned for sure. I've just already embraced getting burned in Hawaii. But why? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, how could I not, though? Like, um, my fair white tan. skin. I'll get a spray but tan. But no, what, what is a spray tan going to do? to my uh skin getting burned from the sun it's gonna help it's a protective <laughs> layer. it's a protective layer what are you kidding me serious just just the spray tan oh yeah i mean uh, I it's helps it's better color. i didn't know it was like a i didn't know it was like a a protective layer well i'm sure they make protective layers but um yeah everybody doesn't know i'm going to hawaii for the first time tomorrow i'm pretty excited um, I'm never been. I'm going to the Big Island, uh, the Kona side. Nice. So I'll be there from Friday all the way to Sunday, the 24th, my birthday. So that's great. Heck yeah! And this is crazy because like this is the first time I've been on a vacation for myself in a really long time. You know, I'm used to like traveling for fights, or anytime I do travel, usually it's it's for one of you guys, uh, you know, for work and and fighting or. or previously for family so i'm excited yeah. just to kind of go hang out and do my thing you've been to hawaii cody never i've always wanted to go um never actually i have one of my nola bullies anakin he's there so i gotta see what island he's on and maybe i can get you guys connected he's um high demand clothing high demand bullies out there guys really connected in the community so i don't know if he's on there but Kona, they have some of the best coffee, so definitely go to some coffee spots. No, man, I've been uh, I've been writing down all the things I want to do, and drinking Kona coffee is one of them. Snorkeling is on the list. I want to take a private lesson in surfing because I've only been surfing one time, and no one's actually. Uh, we you know we went to uh, Casey Slater. Yeah. What was it, Casey Slater? <laughs> I don't know if it was Kelly Slater's. Was it Kelly oh, Slater? Kelly Slater. Dude, was, and I don't know if he had some part of that, but I know. Remember no, we no, there. the one in Austin. Me and Cody went to a. Surf, oh, that's what we could talk about. Let's let's talk about that when we went to oh. the surf park in Austin. We went with Uncle Bob, Danny, Last Call Castillo, and then it was me and Cody. <laughs> and Andrew Craig, the silver surfer. Oh yeah, Andrew Craig, and then Andrew he Craig. He's like nine, nine months. Uh, nine months. He's had these mushrooms in his. Uh, he brought the bag of mushrooms. Hey, these good to eat. Stale like, oh, old mushrooms, and he gave us all them. like a little a little piece. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I felt it a little bit too. Uh, it Dude. wasn't like boom, hit you like you know a sledgehammer. It but... hit me. It, it definitely <laughs> hit me. I couldn't get up on that damn board, man. I kept looking on the top of the wave. I kept going in. Everyone, Chris was the freaking surfing, Calabunga guy throwing up narbars. <laughs> Me and Bob, I'm, I'm doing just as bad as Bob, but the thing is, Bob wouldn't even get up um, on the board. He would just- Oh, I was laughing back. so hard. <laughs> he was, those things would whip you around. Those would whip you around. Those things, that's a work. An hour of just getting beat up, trying to get on. A, it's, surfing is tough. You know, I can only yeah, imagine so and see with a current in the ocean. Yeah. Like, wow. What we're so talking about is a, a man-made surf park in Austin, Texas. There's like literally this- tractor looking thing in the middle of this body of water and it pushes the water at a high speed and it, it makes a man-made wave and it's not they're not big waves but they're just fun enough to get on and and, and jump on a surfboard so we went we, we all went ate a little bit of mushrooms bob didn't eat them but me uh, you danny and craig 
Uh, yeah. And it was fun. I kept looking back to see if like Bob got on a wave. He just kept like falling off. Whole <laughs> oh, hour, dude. It just looked like <laughs> he just got beat up on. I rode one wave. It was towards the end. And I got on one. I was like, all right, awesome. Bob was like, I, I did. I was like, Bob, you're lying. You, you didn't get up on a one. He goes, well, I body surfed it. He kept saying he body surfed it. <laughs> and I was like, dying. But there's levels. There's pro levels that are on the other side. We were at like an advanced level to get, you know, you know, to get up on the waves, but they're the the pro side. Those those waves were pretty gnarly. I I don't want to name that was so much fun. I want to go to the Kelly Slater one that's like in Fresno. I know Fabio has been trying to link that up. He keeps telling me, come on, link it up, link it up. Yeah. We reached out to Kelly. Um I just actually saw one of his ads. I was, you know, just browsing through Instagram and saw one of his ads for a clothing company that he was a partner with. So it popped up online. It's fine that you bring that up. So yeah, Fresno's not too close. We'll make a little, a little trip out of it. Uh, that was definitely a great time. Always a good time in Austin, you know, going out and see the aunt and family and, you know, open doors with them whenever we want to go out there and train, you know, obviously we went out there for the Joe Rogan as well. So Texas is a great time, good place. That was a fun time. I remember Bob just was so wore out in the drive home and Danny kept looking back at him. Like, What's wrong, Bob? Looks like you just went through two divorces. And he's like, I'm tired. He's take it out of you. I was just going back, uh, hopefully I get to take a surf lesson and, and go on a bunch of cool hikes, but I'm excited yeah. about that. Hikes. Before we press record, you were telling me an uh, update about your weight and, you know, training and everything. Uh, you know, tell everybody, tell all the homies out there, you know, where the, the weight's homies. at, <laughs> where the so weight's good, at, man. how's everything going, how's training going in Jersey? Let's, let's get the rundown. Yeah, training's going really great. You know, we got Frankie coming up um november 6th madison square guard he's looking phenomenal so we're basically piggybacking off each other in camp you know i'm helping out you know i've been here for the last i would be here for six weeks of his camp and that catapults me into mine so i'm eight weeks out on saturday for my fight feeling great hitting the marks with the dietitian and the doctor that uh, are doing my nutrition diet plan uh we wanted to hit 43 this week we hit 41 um so and i'm you know after practice this morning i was 38 even feeling great, feeling strong. You know, that was my first practice. Still had to go through another practice. You know, an intense. We went to the Rutgers University and wrestled with um, a lot of all those Division One uh, collegiate wrestlers. That just it is just a different. Can you tell? Animal. Can you just give us a, a breakdown of what that practice? Because uh, I want to know personally, and I, I'm sure everyone out there wants to know what like a a university level wrestling practice is for like an MMA fighter. So it was. It was man. It was. Um, like what'd you guys get do? There. Like what kind of warm up? What kind of drills? Are oh, you guys we, doing? we do a warm up and then we get into like two for two shots. You know, we're just setting up the shots. You know, getting getting going, and then you know go go for that. We really drilled for at that level of high intensity two for two, where you're touching each other the whole time, you're snapping, you're dragging, you're setting up pulls. You know, you know misdirection shot. You know, so we did a lot of those um, different entries. You know, getting off get them off balance, shoot, you know, they defend, shoot the other way, you know, misdirection, um, do posts, do snaps, do, you know, do throw bys, duck unders, all entry ways to getting to the back and then trying to trip them, you know, get them off direction and go another way. So by constantly making them, when you get in, you're constantly making them move, you're moving the movement. So they're not staying still. You see a lot of these fighters going there and they throw these punches in and they get stuck on the leg and they just hold there. Well, you, know, you got to push, pull, get that bounce off, or that guy can just stand there. So uh, the cl- collegiate level is constant movement, constant work, nonstop touching, you know, to get in better, you know, placement to score offensively and defensively. Um, so it's a lot of, lot of work up downs, you know, um, 
mat returns, working back up, gathering the hands, you know, redirections of shots, shot reshots. He misses, you shoot. Then you do some defense work. You got to do it both ways. Um, and you go into a five-minute um, spar session, they call it, where the guy comes in on a shot. As soon as he touches your hips, bam, it's on. You know, like you let him get in the hips and it's live. So he, he's got the momentum. So he's going to drive you and then it's live from there. And you, and you switch. So when you break or you take down or breaks action or breaks, you know, control on them, you know, if you're in a two-on-one or anything, that's still live go. Um, and then you go out and you go back to, you know, two for two drills. Um, that would be like shot reshot. So you're at high level. I mean, heart rate. It and then sounds exhausting. If, exhausting. For everybody out good. there that's never yeah. been, you know, in a wrestling practice or seen a wrestling, a high level wrestling practice, it's probably the, the hardest aspects yeah. of uh, mixed martial arts or one of the most physical and demanding um, parts 100%. of, um, you know, getting ready for a fight is, is doing that hard wrestling. It's one thing just doing shots and takedowns, but in a, you know, Cody's talking about a collegiate wrestling room. Um, it's one of the, the the toughest things you can do to get ready. So, man, I'm stoked to hear you're doing all that. So I just know you're going to be in, in tremendous shape and your wrestling's going to be on point. Um, you know, you'd be able to showcase, you know, some, some, yeah. some more grappling, you know, this fight. That, yeah, be yeah awesome. definitely. It's, it's tough. No one, no one seen the submission, the, the submission hunter in Cody yet. Uh, he's yeah. got submissions. Uh, he just likes to sling them and, and bang them. <laughs> I do, I do, but I enjoy the full, you know, well-roundedness up, down, the full, you know, the up, downs. And that's something that will break an opponent in there that's not, not ready for that. You know, thinks, oh, I got the hands, I got this. And when you cut, you know, that wrestling pace, and that's another thing, you know, to really highlight wrestling as a whole it is a just that's why the wrestlers are so dominant because these kids are in there and they have morning morning practice okay so this coach comes in bringing in guys all right we got two groups you know first groups on the mat hour and a half you know drilling live goes the other group is weight training so when that group comes in and done you flip-flop you know eight and eleven so then they were telling things like, all right, we got uh, a triathlon tomorrow. He's like, make sure, you know, uh, Coach Goodell is a great coach. You know, get ready for what you need. You know, you need to do 20 laps and everyone's counting them down, back, down, back. You're doing 20 laps and then you're doing whatever, uh, how many miles of run it was, and then right on to the bike. So he's like, you know, telling them, like, hey, you guys got to get ready for this triathlon. This is this you know, mini triathlon that we're doing. And, you know, we're racing each other. You know, different groups are coming in. So make sure when you get out of the pool, every second counts because it's a time race. So you want to get done, finished first. So, you know, for them, they had another, another practice as well after that one on top of schooling and depriving Dude, themselves of, of food, of food to yeah, go to the insane. classes and energy. So like wrestlers are just collegiate style. Division one wrestling is just a different beast, completely crazy grind. That's why a lot of the fighters come out of, you know, those, those high prolific programs and like, wow, it's nice. We only get to wrestle a couple times a week. Well, here we're wrestling more time. I don't think we're wrestling about the same. I think we're wrestling four to five times a week on top of the sparring on top of the pad work. You know, we're sparring twice. We're doing twice pad work. We're doing four to five times of grappling, um, <laughs> wrestling, grappling, um, drills and live goes. So just that, that can, there's nothing like wrestling that can get you prepared for a fight. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. 
And uh, well, man, let's talk about Slava, Slava Claus, the, the big, another back-to-back weeks, you know, another team alpha male, you know, fighter made it into the UFC. We had last week, Mike Malat with, with the quick first round guillotine. And then we had Slava, Slava Claus. Um, man, I can't even pronounce his last name. Can you pronounce his last Borsvich? name? Borsvich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, better job than I can. Uh Crazy, crazy lead hook, left hook, knockout, right on the button, right on the money. Couldn't have landed any, any, any more perfect. Uh, second round knockout, and you know, you know, Dana loves, loves a good scrap, loves a good striker. So I can tell Dana was pretty excited to to get get Slava signed to the UFC. Um, what do you think about? For one, he he rocked the guy pretty hard, and that dude had to switch game plans, and he was like, "All right, I got to take this guy down." And he did, and he did <laughs> what he needed to do, but Slava stayed tight. I knew that was going to be a tough fight. That kid, you know, taking nothing away from him, Slav is world-class striker and has only improved so much from getting out here to Team Alpha Male. I mean, he literally has a work ethic that's, you know, high up there on the team. So I knew the kid was going to be um, – once he got the wrestling and grappling confidence down, like the strike, there's no one that's going to be able to strike with this kid. Like, I just hardly believe it. Yeah. And now that he's blending it together and he's only been doing MMA. So he's what, six and one now, you know, he's under 10 professional fights. Um, just, just how he, you know, picked in the guy apart, you know, and the guy started coming back, whether, you know, whether the storm, like it was tough. Um, was able to take him down, but, you know, solid stayed calm, you know, with those takedowns, the guy got his back, stayed there, got was able to work up. Um, definitely one of the first round came out the second round. I was like, all right, I, I'm, I'm going to finish this. And um, that was an awesome. You know, the guy threw the right hand in, was slow. And saw, you know, just kind of leaned back with it and followed his hook or followed it back with his uh, left hook. And it's, it's textbook. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, you know, he wasn't too impressed with, oh, it's nothing. You know what I mean? But that's that simple, you know, Someone throws a right, you roll back with it and, and, and follow his back, and that's what he did, which is so slow. And uh, that kid was tough, you know, taking nothing from him. He gave yeah, him the other guy awesome was fight. an undefe- undefeated fighter, a tough guy. A lot, look, he looked bigger than Slava. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Slava came to the team four years ago from Russia with a, yeah. you know, an extensive amateur, and, you know, he was a kickboxing, hundreds of fight uh, kickboxing, and you know, he's got boxing fights came to the team with no grappling experience whatsoever. And I, the one thing I remember, cause he was doing my class right off the bat, trying to learn jujitsu and stuff. I remember he just had this one outfit. It was this one rash guard that had like a bunch of weed leaves all over it. And I was like, dude, this guy, who, who is this Russian dude with this cool rash guard? Yeah. Um, and then, but like, he had no idea. He just was like, Oh, like I, <laughs> I have yeah. no idea. And he, that was like his go-to like uniform for, for months. Um, yeah. That one and the bumblebee one. But <laughs> what I liked about Slava was that he got in those classes and he understood like he needed to improve in this area for his MMA yeah. career to take off. And he put the work in. And what I love seeing Slava do inside of sparring rounds is he'll strike with you and, and do that. But he's trying to take you down. A lot. He's going for shots. You know, he might not get them, but he's he's going and shooting and making himself shoot a lot of times during the round and learning that ground game, getting on the ground because you know he knows his, his stand up so superior. So very excited for him and not only him but Malat to get into the UFC as well. So two huge new signees from Team Alpha that's been here for a while, paid their dues, um, you know, give back to the team. 
And just happy for both of those dude, Mike Malat with a quick first round submission and Slava Claus, a second round vicious knockout. And, you know, that one got Dana super pumped up. You know, like I said, Dana loves entertaining fights and someone that's going to go out there and fight. So uh, Slava's getting his confidence. And I was going to see him mix it up in the uh, lightweight division. Yeah, you know, a guy that just, you know, is having another baby. He came he came to America with his wife, you know, made sacrifices. It's big to travel all the way from Russia and make those sacrifices, have a kid. He's having a second kid. And to finally, you know, his dream to get in the UFC and finally, you know, have that performance and get in, like, I feel for the guy, man. That's got to be a, a great moment for him and his family. Like, um, you know, it just shows that everything paid off and he's on the right track, right? Awesome. Um, so happy. So, <clears throat> all right, let's talk about your 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 card, December 11th, man. I keep looking at this card and just more crazy, crazy fights are being added. Uh, just announced Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira is fighting for the for the strap. That that's the headliner. Am I correct? That is the headliner. Yes, that is the headliner. Yeah, yeah. And then and what was, is it? Nunez recently was Nunez? added was no, yeah, yeah, is the co-main. And what recently was added was Jorge Masvidal and Leon Edwards. Yes. So they bumped Figueredo and Moreno off that car and put them to January. Um, and then Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz on that one. Myself versus Kai Car France. And um, the Sugar Free Show is fighting Julian Raul. Yeah, bro, so you, I don't know if you know, but um, Josh Emmett is supposed to fight on December 11th, too. Awesome, right on. Ar Arnold Allen. Uh, oh, wow. They've been trying to get that strap. He, he just told me today he doesn't have the contract yet, but they both agreed on it. And awesome. uh, it's, it's looking it's like that's going that, to like happen. And then Macy Barber is fighting. She just oh. got that new opponent. So there's oh, like really? there's like four people from the team fighting that night. And then all these other crazy fights, too. Like, I'm super excited for, of course, my guys, you, of course. But like the Dustin Poirier, he, you know, he's, I, I'm a big Dustin Poirier fan. I like yeah, watching my, and Oliver has like always been one of my favorite jujitsu guys to watch. So I'm excited just to be there and, and uh, watch these live. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, and oh, Ryan, Hall's, Ryan Hall's fighting De uh, Derek Minner on that too. Yeah. And with the crowd. Man. So it's Man, be awesome. a lot of good fights on that. Jeff Neal. First time with yeah. me with an audience. So that's going to be awesome. I'm excited for the crowd. You know, that's going to be fun to go out there and have my flyweight debut and, and, and win in devastating fashion. And yeah, you know, no, for sure. Do you, uh, of course, we don't know how the, how the card's going to be laid out yet, but I'm sure Cody, you'll be on the main card. Anger. Uh, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, any, well, what, what fight besides yours stands out that you, you look forward to watching on that one? Oh, uh, there's so many. Um, you know, obviously you Dustin Oliver. One or two. Dustin Oliver, you know, Dustin, I'm sorry, Dustin uh Poirier and Oliveira. Charles Oliveira. Yeah, that's a, just they blend it together so well. You know? Who you got? Who you got in that one? I just think Dustin is uh, is too well rounded, yeah. you know, enough to stop his jiu-jitsu if it were to go to the ground and just so durable and stays in your face. And Oliveira's known the break when the pressure gets, you know really brought to him and Dustin boy is in your face nonstop, but um, Oliver is coming on as well, but I'm going to take Dustin on this fight. Just overall, I think he blends it the best with mixed martial arts, the wrestling, the jiu-jitsu, the striking and the crazy, you know, punch output. Dustin is a, a slick southpaw as well. 
I got Dustin Poirier as well. I, I don't see Charles Oliver being able to tuck, uh, take Dustin down and use his jiu-jitsu like he's been able to do it on everybody else. Poirier's been a black belt for a while. He, he, he's got a good jiu-jitsu game himself, and uh, his striking is, you know, top of the game as well. What about I'm, – I'm interested you, – you fought both the guys, Dominic and Pedro Munoz. Who do you think is going to take that one? Dominic Cruz. I think Dominic Cruz, the key to beating Pedro is is movement and, and combinations, you know, um, and, and staying away from the low calf kick is what's Pedro's probably best punch overhand, right? You know, things like that. And I think Dominic comes in shape and keeps his movement up. It's not going to be a problem. But then again, you know, if, you know, Pedro lands a couple of those, you know, calf kicks and slows him down. So I, I think Cruz will have the upper hand and the movement and, you know, Pedro's kind of, well, you know, he likes to, you know, sit and slang him and, you know, when you move on and, and, and pop shot and do that, like I was having my way with him, but when you're sitting right in front of anybody in a fight, you're giving him a 50, 50 chance, uh, uh, you know, to, to win. So I think I'm going to go Dominic um, as well. I don't think Pedro was able to take Dominic down either. Um, Pedro really doesn't wrestle too much in a lot of his fights for being a high level black belt. Um, so I think Dominic Cruz will, you know, probably decision him. I'm going to go with that same call just because I feel Dom's footwork, he's going to be hard to hit with those calf kicks. He's going to be hard to hit with those overhand rights. Um, he, I, he's going to try to outpoint Pedro, you know, maybe maybe try to sneak in a couple takedowns at the end of the round. Um, and I, I see Pedro getting, you know, frustrated and trying to chase Dom down after a while. And he might have success, like, uh, you know, rushing in and, and tagging him coming forward. But, uh, you know, Dom's a hard puzzle to figure out. And, man, but I, I, it's hard to count Munoz out because he always has a yep. trick up his sleeve. So, um, it's tough. Yeah. I'm going with Dom. I'm going with Dom. Let's see what Dom shows up. And if, if he's the classic Dom in shape, no injuries, uh, I think he's got that one. All right, let's go to our Q&A segment. Let's get a couple questions in. Um, all right, first question. Will Cody fight for the strap after his next win? At Sam underscore seven seven. Seven seven. Most definitely. That's what uh you know, I was supposed to fight for the strap. Obviously got COVID. You know, I was supposed to the only reason I took the Rob Font fight was because of the draw and the rematch with the Moreno and Figueredo fight. So I didn't want to be sidelined for that long, even though I was knew I was going down the flyweight, took the Rob Font fight to stay active, obviously. Didn't go my way. Um, you know, I think this weight class is going to be a huge just difference in my overall performances for the remainder of my career uh, to stay down here. And possibly if I need to move up, move up. But, um, yes, yeah, definitely that's what we spoke about is, you know, winning this fight and you know, fighting for the title next. So. Nice. I like, I like the sound of that. Yeah. All right. Next question. What is your diet like outside of camp? What's your cheat meal? At Chevy nine nine five. Oh man, I I usually eat pretty clean. You know, I think that for me, I like I don't like to try to blow up too too much in the off season, just because I'm always training and I don't want to carry that extra weight around. Um, I just don't feel best when I'm doing that. Um, but my I would say my cheat meal, if you want to call it a cheat meal, it would be sushi. I absolutely love sushi, uh, rice. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, hitting up the Coonies a lot. I'm definitely missing that. Uh, but yeah, probably after this fight, I may probably blow up a little bit. I hold on to some, you know, weight. Obviously, I'm cutting some uh, more weight than I ever have. 
So, you know, I might retain some, I have a blow up a little bit, but I'm starting to crave a little bit of things. So I'm not having them, you know, and I, you know, uh, so I can, I can see maybe after the fight, give myself a couple of days of just splurging a little bit, get off the grid. Yeah. Now you'll know how I felt when I had to make 135 and, you know, I don't fight anymore, but I'm going to jump in on this question because, you know, when I had to make 135, I had to be really disciplined. And I'm sure it's it's similar to what Cody has to do now for 125. And you're cutting things out of your diet. You're not eating certain things. You're not going out to eat. You're probably making your own meal or you're eating a lot of, you know, prepared meals. And, man, I blew up after fights. I could not control myself. You know, I got to – I remember the first time I made 135 – I ate a whole case of oatmeal frosting cookies and I blew up to like one, 168, like in the matter of like probably two or three days, 168. And, but it, it was a bad 168 to where like I was just bloated. I remember I went to, I went to go train like the next day to try to like uh, wear something down and I was getting tapped out with all types of stuff. I never, I never got tapped out with because like my body was just, I couldn't move. Like, yeah, someone right. applauded me. I'm like, Wah! and my shoulders were just like hurt. So, yeah. I try not to do that every time, but it's hard when you when when you diet that long and then when you win a fight, especially and you're like celebrating. Oh, oh it's hard not to blow up. But I'm going to. Like I said, a couple days, a couple days, I'll, <laughs> you know, what I want to eat and then get back to eating clean. Yeah. I'm not even really into eating like that because I just feel so much better. No, yeah, you never, you don't really eat bad or eat a lot in general, so yeah, but uh, you don't never have. Yeah, to like, so we've got some weight, so it might it might change a little bit. <laughs> All right, next question: What is it like? Uh, I guess this is going to be for me. Uh, what is it like to corner fighters when they win compared to when they lose? Uh, at JT eighty. Um, man, you know, the, the wins are, of course, you know, um, you know, you're all super happy of the accomplishment and, you know, your, your guy, people just think it, you know, they go out there on fight night and boom, he wins. And, but there's months, there's years, there's blood, there's sacrifice that goes into that one night for that, for those 15 or 25 minutes, like a lot goes into that. So for me, when, when my guys win guys, I'm cornering, like, it's just a, a, a feel of, of joy and success, like mission accomplished, you know, for one, I want to make sure my guys are not injured. Uh, that, that's number one. And, you know, make sure they're, they're healthy after the fight, but we win. We, we like to celebrate. We'll go party. And uh, of course yeah, um, I'm always super critical. So like, I, you know, I look for the things that our guys did well, but I'm also looking for the things I feel like we, we didn't do so well and we could have changed. And I, I save it. I, I don't tell them right after the, I try to save it a little bit cause I don't want to like destroy their night or whatever and be super critical. Um, but on the other side of things, you know, when, when guys lose, cause I I've been on both sides of it. Um, you have to, you just have to be there for them. And I, I think that's, what's most important, you know, be there for them and, and don't change if it's a win or loss, like I'm the same person to my guys, you know, if we win or if we lose, you know, no one likes losing. Um, you know, we all have to, we all have to deal with the loss and I just try to, um, you know, comfort the guys and, you know, tell them to keep their chin up and try to, you know, focus on where we made mistakes and what we can improve on. 
And you can't really harp on things too long because when you do, that's when you really start getting depressed and start really thinking about, um, oh, I should have did this. I should have done that. So you figure out what could have been done differently. You talk with your coaches, you, you, you figure out things that you're going to change and you move on. What, what's your plan of attack for this next fight? Uh, let's keep it pushing forward and uh, move on to the next thing. So good question. Good question. All right. Last question. How is dating life like while in camp? Uh, at Ali Casajanders or um, this is not for me because I'm not in camp um, and I don't know Cody's situation. Uh, so is this a, <laughs> is this a viable question for you, Cody? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I'll tell him actually, let me, let me start off with it. So I remember when I fought, so I never had a girlfriend ever like, training and martial arts was like number one for me. And I felt like a girl getting in between, especially a relationship was like, it was like the cooties. I was like, Nope, not going to let it happen. I got goals. And I remember I started like, you know, after the ultimate fighter, I started to talk to, you know, talk to this girl and dude, during fight week, she started getting crazy on me, like crazy, like blowing me up with messages. And like, I was like, Whoa, compared to like before, like, the ultimate fighter like when i didn't have any of that you know now that i'm like talking yeah <laughs> and i'm like dude kick this girl to the curb i was like so i think for dating while in campus should be you shouldn't date too much i think you should stay focused um you know you got your eyes on the prize um for me that that always worked for me you know some other guys might be different they might need that release but you know, uh, there's a difference between going and wa wasting it. There's a difference between going out there and wasting energy, like going on dates, compared to just having, uh, you know, a girl come over and you guys hook up and you get a release. You know what I mean? Or like you get a massage, or something like that. So uh, I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's all energy expenditure, but it's like, like <laughs> I would just probably just say as a whole, like girls would probably get bored of going on dates with fighters that are in camp because yeah, you can't go out and drink you can't really go out and eat from a strict diet you can't go out late you really can't and you know i mean if it's first couple of days we go and take them to the movies and just sit there and watch you know stare at them in between <laughs> like you know what i mean like it's, it's just tough it's tough so i mean like there's really not much time to be in on dates on a fight camp like you said i think you should just stay very focused on the task at hand but obviously you know i mean you do need that release too so i mean <laughs> you know see, see you at a massage parlor huh <laughs> that, that, that Chris a couple times in there he was walking in, I was walking out <laughs> <laughs> yeah right oh man alright man I think we covered all the questions all the topics that was a that was a good one I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody out there I've been getting a lot of good feedback from everybody that you know you've been telling me you've been liking the podcast this is our fifth episode and wow. I feel like, you know, it's just going to get better. We're just going to, you know, get more comfortable with things and we're going to start having guests on. We're going to have some cool guests on here and, you know, get some cool questions and just kind of give you guys a, a side of uh, people's lives that you might not know and, you know, try to make it fun for you. Heck yeah. Any, any finishing uh, thoughts, Cody? Just excited for some cool stuff to happen. Like you said, cool everything. Yeah, um, yeah. Then we got the travel show coming up. 
we had the travel show, got the Sprinter van coming. So uh, yeah, you showed me the picture of that Sprinter van. It's going yeah, down. Yeah, it's going down. <laughs> so we're coming to some dojos. We're going to be balancing, giving out oses and uh, giving out some amazing seminars, meeting some incredible people. We're very excited for that. Um, and we're with the homies. All right, shout out to all the homies out there. Make sure you guys like, subscribe to the channel, show us some love, comment, share us on uh, Instagram, tag us, and we'll repost it. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. All right.